Yes, I'm talking about a nonviolent revolution of consciousness. A consciousness that is able to understand how we're all inextricably connected to each other on this earth and to the earth itself. And that if we violate those fundamental principles, we do so at our own peril. Yes, we can continue to live in this delusion and the denials of reality because it's painful. It's frightening. Sometimes it's terrifying. It's terrifying to face the truth. So I ask each of you to search your hearts as to what your truth is for being a citizen of the earth, promoting justice as a foundation for peace. It's not going to happen magically. And I think it's not going to happen by relying on these political structures and institutions. I think we're going to have to wage peace in the most extraordinary ways, whether our government wants it or not. You will know in your heart what to do. But I know that without a nonviolent revolution of consciousness, we will not survive as a civilization or as a planet. We can choose to have peace if we want to pay the price. And what more glorious goal and value do we want than peace for all people? And so I look forward to working together with you all with we the people, to build a new society, a society that understands that we are not worth more and they are not worth less, and that we will be willing to pay the price and take the risks to wage peace with all fellow and sister human beings. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Sample Hour. I am joined by a very special guest today. Um, I first found out about this gentleman from uh, a movie that uh, an internet friend of mine, Ben Stewart, made, and uh, it's his name is it's it's basically about a man who it's it's about you, Rob, and how you liberate yourself pretty much from Canada. I mean, it's it's uh, but you go by Rob of the Paget family, correct? Uh, Rob in the Page family. Page family. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you can just call me Rob though to make it very simple. Awesome, awesome, Rob. So, like, basically, just for your story, like, I, like we were talking about beforehand, like, just uh, if you just want to get into it, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, just about how your journey. I mean, because right now Rob is totally free. I mean, you're not a member of, of Canada. You sent back your papers, um, you know, your social insurance card and you are conscious self and your, your website's called self it's conscious self governance or what it's conscious self governance.ca. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Rob, so let's, uh, if you wouldn't mind, so how did you first get started and, and what made, what drove you to be where you're at today? Well, to to kind of give you a background, um, you know, it all started, I believe, uh, with 
my struggle with depression for the vast majority of my life. And the depression really came to a head in the late 90s and into 2000, where, you know, I was, um, you know, completely addicted to pharmaceutical drugs and, you know, attempting suicide and in and out of uh, hospital, you know, numerous times to uh, detox off of, you know, one medication and, you know, ramp up onto another med. And through that whole period, I would always blame other people. Uh, you know, it was always my wife's problem or my kids or, you know, my boss or the people I work with or, you know, it's the government's fault. And, you know, I was, all, all my attention was, you know, pointing out for myself and blaming other people. And it wasn't until um, late 2000, early 2001, where I uh, finally got to a point where I had crashed and got to the lowest, deepest, darkest point in my life. And I finally surrendered and said, okay, you know what? I can't do this anymore. If I continue down this path, I'm going to die. So I have a choice, do it differently or die. And so I had an opportunity to attend a special program uh, in Edmonton where I literally did therapy for you know eight hours a day, five days a week for 18 weeks. That's like four and a half months. And it was all about changing my the way I think and my impressions and learning how to express my feelings and um, you know challenge I was challenged and confronted on a lot of the belief structures that I had in my life and it literally saved my life and because of that I learned how to love myself how to express myself how to share with other people how I feel and that in turn allowed me to have a healthy relationship with myself, which then allowed me the opportunity to then have healthy relationships with other people. And until then, there is just no way I could have a healthy relationship. Um, you know, I was con constantly focused on, um, you know, controlling other people, and I was very passive aggressive. I used guilt a lot to manipulate people, and uh, mentally abusive. Um, not physically abusive, but mental abuse is probably even worse. And that that whole experience allowed me to learn a lot about myself and how important it is to take full responsibility and accountability for things I say, the actions that I do, that sort of thing. And because of that experience, like I had separated from my wife, we were separated for about three years. And, um, you know, that allowed me, going through that program, allowed me to rebuild the love for myself and for other people. And um, it changed my behaviors to a point where my wife and I then reconciled our relationship. And it's been 13 years now and we're going strong because we both grew from the experience and learned what boundaries are all about and, and how to communicate with one another and, and how to express our feelings with one another and, um, you know, those kind of uh, things that, you know, I wasn't taught and I don't think she was taught either when we were kids. And because of that, um, you know, she went through um, uh, homeopathic training due to some challenges we were having with our kids with vaccines and, 
and um, you know things were going really well for us and she started getting introduced to concepts like um, you know what the medical industry was doing and uh, concepts about natural person and earthships and that really started us down a path of okay are we really free or are we still slaves to this corporate uh, empire uh, and government empire and at that point we really started asking some questions and confronting ourselves on are we really truly being 100% responsible and accountable when we have all of these dependencies on all of these different things whether it's banks uh, food um, grocery stores and you know, government and all that kind of stuff. So we both decided, well, if we want to be truly 100% responsible, accountable adults, then we need to step up and learn how to be an adult. And, you know, children um, are usually the ones that are dependent. And we don't want to be children anymore. We want to be independent. And so we decided to take up the duty and the responsibility of being completely independent. And that forced us to ask some really tough questions about our dependencies and our responsibility and our participation in those dependencies. And we couldn't blame anybody else but ourselves. So part of that was to then step up and take responsibility. And so the move beyond grip is a good introduction into some of the steps that we took to take that responsibility and do the work necessary to be 100% responsible, accountable adults. That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a powerful movie. I think, uh, hearing like if, if you guys are, who are listening, you haven't seen it yet, just YouTube search. I mean, it's a powerful movie. Um, but I, I, like just hearing your story about even when you got pulled over or when you first started building your your um your landship or yeah that's what it's it's called a landship earthship. earthship I'm sorry your yeah. earth your earthship and then like the way you handled the county and everything like that you just um and and like when I first saw that like it was kind of like okay well how could I do that in the U.S. and uh and then I I kind of realized um just through like those principles that you always have to it's like you it's like you always had to counter them like well it's just just knowing what what we're consenting to would would is that what is that what you would say it it really is is just understanding that we're we're consenting to being governed well i'm actually writing a book about a lot of this right now and l let me um see if i can put it a different way okay um when we take a look at government or corporations, they don't actually physically exist. Um, you know, corporations are just pieces of paper, and, and so the government is too. So if we can kind of view it like a fiction, that is completely a construct in our minds. Um, they don't physically exist, but they do intellectually exist in our minds and so in reality all it really is is an extension of a basic relationship that has formed over years and that construct is just an, a way of explaining how that relationship is going to work 
But one of the things I realized when I was recovering from my depression was that I have a choice on what relationships I'm going to enter into and I have a responsibility to ensure that any relationships that are abusive or or don't serve me anymore, I have a right to say no. And the relationship that I had with the government, and I believe most people have with the government and with the corporations, is abusive. Um, you know, in a healthy relationship, there is no requirement for force. Uh, in a healthy relationship, requires all parties to spend a lot of time to work with one another and to communicate with one another. And if one party is not willing to communicate and instead uses force or intimidation or fear or guilt or any of those types of behaviors, that is not a healthy relationship and I have a responsibility to either confront those uh, that are participating in that way or walk away. And, um, you know, you talked about my interaction with the county. Um, a lot of people are afraid of that because we weren't taught how to confront in a healthy, proper, safe manner. Um, a lot of people, you know, get scared or, um, you know, anxiety attack or any of those kind of uh, reactions because we're taught to obey authority and and do so blindly and what I've learned in my life is that um, you know that is the behavior of a child and as an adult I have a duty to uh, walk a certain path and I do so based on honor and love and um, empathy and compassion and when I experience these abusive behaviors um, you know I'm going to confront it now and or I'm going to say no and walk away. And I don't know if that answers your question, but um, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's like, I know for me personally, like whenever I get pulled over, even it's like my heart is just pounding. And even if I didn't do anything wrong, it's like, it's, it's like that the, the fear is sometimes just so overtaking. Like when you first started, um, talking to the county like how like how like did it did it take you a little bit to like get ground were you anxious at first or was it just you were just kind of on your path and you just had a certain belief in yourself that you knew you could handle it to, to be honest um conf confrontation still gives me anxiety and i've i've been purposely um exposing myself to confrontation just to find some comfort in doing that type of work and what I do is um, you know I kind of explain to people that you know we talk about our comfort zones and how you know people need to step out of their comfort zone but what I the way I explain it is rather than stepping outside of the comfort zone let's expose ourselves to so much uh, different aspects of life that we expand our comfort zone so that's so large that we don't need to step out of it anymore. And some of us are um, so restrictive in the, the type of activities and ex experiences that we have that our comfort zones are very, very small. And for me, over the last you know 13 years, ever since I recovered from depression, I went out of my way 
to experience the most of that I can so that I can make it make my comfort zone so large that it doesn't matter what happens anymore and because of that you know I didn't you know I quit my job for example um, 2000 early 2007 is the last time I had a full-time job um, we sold everything and moved out into the country we built our own home um, uh, the airship we raise our own food uh, livestock gardens uh, we have our own greenhouse now um, you know, so those are new um, experiences. Um, you know, I trained in Taekwondo to um, help me in in that regard as well too. So I'm doing everything I can to do something new, so that in the end, there's nothing that's uncomfortable. So when I get into an experience, you know, with a police officer or somebody who's claiming some authority it's not going to be a huge panic attack. You know, I still have some anxiety, but at least I have a pretty good idea on who I am, what I'm capable of doing, and, um, you know, where I want to take my life. Sorry, <clears throat> Sorry about that. I was muted. Um, that's awesome. Um, like, like since, I, like, I've, I've watched, uh, just from posts on your website, like, I've watched a couple of your your lectures that you've done and um i'm probably going to join your private page just so i can probably get access to watching uh so so you have like the 12 12 it's like 12 dvds or the 12 different lectures um now have you found like people or organizations that uh are trying to define what you believe or is it just um are you guys do you collaboratively are, are you trying to like collaboratively like build a bigger community um, in, in like living in in a in an actual like free like your your free sovereign state that you've created. Well, you have a whole bunch of questions there. So Sorry about that. Tackle one at a time here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about um, that, Rob. In, in regards to my website, I have a public page and a private page, and a lot of my teachings is on the private side, mainly because I want to make it very clear to people that there's a huge difference between the public and the private. Um, I have a lot of information on the public side, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, I have all kinds of links that people can use to get started and all that kind of stuff. And in fact, all the information on my private side can be found in the public. Um, you know, there's no deep, dark secrets in the private side. What I do in the private side, though, is I become a mentor to help people get through the information. And I share a lot of my own personal journeys, and that is where the value is that I do that on the private side. But I also need the individual to take full responsibility and accountability. The public assumes that you're vulnerable and that you need protecting, and that's the whole point of legislation and regulations. However, on the private side, you take 100% responsibility and 100% accountability for anything that you read, say, do, you know, uh, or act or don't act okay it's all about personal responsibility now um, sorry I forgot your second question <laughs> um, just about like uh, I think it that kind of covered it like uh, just like have you like I've seen you uh, like speak to like Occupy and everything like now do you like collaboratively work with any other any oh. other sovereign people or anything like that 
Uh, I don't. And um, I think where I differ than a lot of other people is um, there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, will teach you about commercial remedies and, you know, how to, you know, work the system and how to get money back from the tax man and all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, that it's not, that's not what it's about. Um, because I recognize that that's all part of the public, which is a fiction. I believe it's all about personal growth, personal exploration and freeing the individual from all of that fiction stuff. And we can't do that if we're caught up in playing the game. And that game is complex. Um, it is uh, dangerous. You know, people go to jail, that kind of stuff for fraud and those sort of things. And so I have, I felt that um, the solution is always simple, may not be easy. And what I teach is personal responsibility and accountability. And, you know, the thing about being self-governing, you know, like there's a reason why I call it conscious self-governance is because you need to be consciously aware of what we're doing. And self-governance doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. It means that you're going to self-restrict. Um, so a lot of people in the Freeman movement go and learn about this stuff, and then they go and travel 100 miles an hour down the road. And that's, that's in my view, that's not self-governance. Um, it's all about learning how to be an adult. And right now, a lot of people are still children or or teenagers, um, you know, a lot of teenagers are rebelling right now, and after the rebellions are done, then they'll realize, okay, now it's time to get down to work and actually govern the self, and those, you know, protests will go away once people realize that, um, you know, the government isn't responsible for their lives, each individual is responsible for their life, and so what are we going to do about it? No, like I know in um in the U.S. we have like I know like because I've been kind of researching the the Freeman movement um particularly like an individual named Freeman Burt I haven't been in contact with him but like we have a court of record and I and I think that's where a lot of them can uh they 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 typically appeal um or that's how they they file to like counterclaim if if they're when they're trying to be on their pursuit um like. But Canada is different, correct? Like there's not – do you guys have a court of record or is it pretty much just you You still have to go represent yourself in court and everything else like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> words are very powerful, so I'm going to challenge you on a few words. Okay. One, I can't re-present myself. I can only present myself. Okay? If I am acting as an agent – for another entity, whether it's a corporation or another individual, then I can represent them, but I cannot represent myself. Okay. So for myself, after I figured out what the legal system was all about, I don't even bother going to court anymore. I don't present myself in the Crown's court. It's a matter of jurisdiction. And, um, you know, I'm, i I follow the Christian faith and I've, you know, realized that the kingdom of God is within me. And once I find that kingdom and learn how to live within that kingdom, 
all of a sudden that's a, a separate jurisdiction than the fictional jurisdiction of Canada or the United States. And so why would I use their courts to settle disputes or um, anything like that when there's a huge discontinuity between how their courts work and how I would, as a personal, uh, accountable, responsible adult, resolve any disputes that I have with other people. And so I've chosen to then take responsibility for any disputes should they happen and rather than going to some other system to have them resolve them for me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that makes total it's 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 like I think uh just like what you said earlier, it's it's just simple. And I think uh I think it like you what you said was just very simple. Like it, it makes sense. I think it's uh I think for me, like it's it's getting over like the emotional part of it, or just like what like I think. Well, it goes back to what you were saying, like not knowing how to handle those situations and knowing that you know I can I could actually take care of myself, or I can depend on myself. Is does that make sense? What I'm saying, or not really? Yeah. Well, I, you know, we were all raised to be dependent and to have somebody else look after us and or resolve issues or take care of this or take care of that. And I believe that this, you know, the second coming of Christ is us figuring out how to walk in the Christ impulse within ourselves, which means for us to grow up and, you know, look after ourselves. And to be an adult is a huge process to go through because you know even in my own life even though when I turned 18 my physical body was mature I was nowhere near being emotionally mature or mentally mature or spiritually mature uh, I was very immature and it didn't it, it took me till I was like 33 years old before I became mentally and emotionally mature to a point where I can stand as an independent adult now, as an independent adult, now what I'm looking for is relationships with other independent adults. And the problem is there's a lot of dependent adults out there, uh, dependent on corporations and governments. And for, for the process to go from being dependent to independent, that takes a lot of work. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of people out there who are willing to do the work yet. They want things easy. They want things handed to them on a silver platter, uh, instant gratification. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know how to have healthy relationships, and so they depend on the state to resolve those disputes for them. And so part of what I'm trying to do with uh, my private website, um, as well as the book that I'm writing, is to show people how we can step up and raise the bar of excellence uh, within ourselves and with our relationships so that we can actually attain that independence so that we can start building these interdependent relationships with one another. And when we do that, we'll find that we don't need these fictional constructs called corporations and governments anymore, and we can actually resolve a lot of the problems and challenges that we're um, looking to our politicians to resolve, but they can never do resolve that because the responsibility comes down to the individual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, some, that's some heavy stuff. Uh, just trying to process it all, Rob. Um, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, 
what um like with uh i know that you're totally off the grid something i thought like have you looked into ways into being able to go off the grid with internet and phone too or is that pretty impossible to do so far or as you found because i know i remember that's that was something that you uh you said that's the only thing that you really have to pay your bills for is those two things yeah, we're not completely off the grid. Um, like you said, we still have phone and internet. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we still have some dependency on, um, you know, grocery store because there's and hardware stores because we can't manufacture everything here. We still, we still depend on uh, other people to provide us with a few things that we can't manufacture or grow here ourselves. Uh, with that said, though, you know, we've removed ourselves from, you know, power, water, gas, um, sewage, uh, you know, most of the food that we grow ourselves, um, corporations, all that kind of stuff. Now, um, I realize that we can't do it all ourselves. And so in order for me to completely remove myself from some of these other corporate dependencies will require other people stepping up and taking responsibility for their lives so that we can build interdependent relationships to a point where we can then remove our dependencies on these corporations and just do it amongst ourselves. No man is an island, and I recognize I still have to interact with people, and, um, and I do so the best way I can. I'm still making choices. Um, like if I chose to be completely isolated and um, you know, completely unplugged, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So I'm I'm willing to do have a couple dependencies in order for me to still interact with people. Um, but this is going to require um, a whole bunch of other people uh, making similar uh, choices so that we can start working together and start building what I call true community. Um, community isn't about just brick and mortar uh, neighborhoods that are built in cities. Community is relationships with other like-minded individuals who make a commitment with one another to help one another and work together in interdependent relationships. So I'm not looking for dependent people. I'm looking for independent people willing to build interdependent relationships. And that is taking a long time. And when we, you know, I have a, a number of individuals within my life who are now independent and we are working on those independent relationships. And, you know, we're using the word clan as a way to show our relationship and, and how tight we are and how willing we are to help one another, um, you know, and support one another through this process. But we don't want dependent people weighing us down. And I, I feel personally that my job is to confront those people who are dependent and uh, encourage them and provide them with the tools and training so that they can become independent. Um, it's kind of like that old adage, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Well, if you're giving a man a fish, then you're building that dependency, and that's what corporations and government need and want. They want people to be dependent. But to teach a man to fish, 
also requires that we provide him with the tools. Um, so tools could be knowledge, training, um, actual equipment, um, experiences, that kind of stuff so that they, that individual could then become independent and then that's when we really start to change the way we interact with one another. That's awesome. Um, so right now, so you, um, how many, how many people are you currently helping? Like, do you have any like specific examples or anything like that? Um, it, it's actually, um, the, um, uh, how can I explain this? <clears throat> the number of people who actually took the initiative to do this work is very small. You know, I, I know some people who can fill, you know, 100 or 1,000 people in a room doing workshops. But to be honest, what I, what I teach is difficult, hard work, and not a lot of people are willing to do it. And because of that, um, I have maybe, you know, a few hundred, maybe 500 people over the last five years who have actually taken my workshop. Um, I have a very small number of people who commit to um, getting the private membership off my website because the reality is I confront those who become members and take my workshops and I confront them on the choices that they make and um, you know the way they behave and the way they resolve disputes and um, you know not a lot of people are ready to really examine what's inside of themselves because the truth of the matter is that you know I can't change anybody and I am my only and biggest problem uh, that means I can't blame anybody else and that kind of responsibility scares the hell out of people and not a lot of people are willing to take that step um, but I also believe that there's a great amount of disturbance that is starting to unfold and that disturbance I'm actually quite excited for because it will push people to take a look at themselves and confront themselves and start asking the questions and either they're going to be honest with themselves and start confronting their own behaviors their own thought processes um, start you know getting in touch with their feelings and exploring who they are or they're going to be facing their own mortality and that's, you know, you look at all the mainstream media and even the alternative news outlets, you know, they're talking about all kinds of really dark stuff. And I believe that that is actually going to be a healthy part of this process to help people work through a lot of these things because they're comfortable and we have to get people uncomfortable in order for them to start asking these important questions. That's yeah, that's that's powerful. Um I think about that a lot um, just based on um, like my transition. Like I was working at a telecommunications company and I was going to go to another one. And because of me being reckless in the past and just not really, I think maybe being functionally depressed, um, just like going through those those things myself. Um, like I've, I've kind of been on a path to, to figure out what, like what makes me tick and to, and I, and it and it and and you're it's it is hard work and I think it is like uh, it's um 
a lot of it is, you know, what do I really want out of life and what do I, where do I see myself being in 10 years or what, what, and I, and I feel like, um, for me personally, it's, it, I don't think I could ever be happy, you know, working for a big corporation. And then even when I think about maybe owning a business, it's like, well, is that what I really want to do? And, and then I do think about like, and then I have thought about you a lot and it's like, you know, Rob is living his life on purpose and it's like you, um, so I guess like out of all that, like how, how long did it take you to adjust to, um, your life when you guys moved in the country or were you, you were ready? Was it just that you were ready for it? And it was, does that, does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah. Um, I guess for me, if I had to wait until I was ready, I'd still be working my nine to five job and, you know, doing all kinds of research and, you know, making sure all my I's were dotted and T's are crossed. Um, we didn't make that choice. We decided, you know what, let's just jump in and we'll figure it out along the way. Because if we're going to sit here and wait until we got everything figured out, we're going to be 90 years old and then it's too late. Uh, so we decided we're just going to jump in and do it along the way and we'll figure it out along the way. And that required a leap of faith. And uh, faith in the creator, uh, faith in ourselves, uh, faith in our abilities to, you know, learn along the way and, you know, solve problems along the way. And, uh, you know, it also required that we, you know, deal with the fear and not let the fear stop us from accomplishing things. And so, you know, even if it was scary, you know, how many people would quit their job, sell their house and move out into uh, open field with no buildings? Uh, but that's exactly what we did. You know, we literally lived in an old camper, six people in an old camper for three weeks while we built a garage. And then we lived in the garage for two and a half years while we were building airships. And then we moved into the airship, even though it's not done. Um, we're in the airship now, and now we're building, you know, greenhouses and uh, fences for livestock and, you know, kind of just figuring out along the way. But we made a lot of mistakes, and you know we learned from those mistakes. And if I was to do it again, I I would, you know, do it in a different order. But um, I, there's no regrets. Um, but I know that if we had to sit there and, you know, do all the planning and uh, all the research and all that kind of stuff to accomplish what we did out here, uh, we wouldn't be here. So, you know, how many people are willing to do that? Are you? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that's a that's an excellent question, and I think it's. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a question that I ask myself because it's like I, you know, I, I kind of want to be, like it, it's like I I find myself like on the fence a lot of what what I really want, and ultimately I want freedom, but it's like it's it's becoming more and more clear to me to be totally free. Like you have to be, I, I feel like the proper steps would be to take the steps that you've taken. And I think that um, it is scary. It's definitely, it's, and, and it's, it is, it's just scary. And I think, uh, I think, you know, I, I heard you in an interview saying how, you know, at first when you guys decided to do it, like you're, 
your in-laws thought you were going to get arrested and and everything else like that. And I think to a certain extent, too, I mean, um, declaring independence from Canada, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there was a big fear of maybe treason as well in a weird way. Um, do you like um, what? What do I well, want? Let, let me talk. Sorry. Let me let, let me speak to that. Uh, let me speak about the fear, because one thing that um, that I realized about a year and a half ago, I went I went through a, a huge spiritual revelation about a year and a half ago, and it, it was actually a simple question that I asked myself, because I, I question everything, absolutely everything. Uh, I question my own beliefs, uh, my own feelings and emotions, and all that kind of stuff. And one of the questions I asked myself was. Am I a man looking for some sort of spiritual enlightenment, or am I a soul spiritual being having a physical experience? And when I did the thought experiment on that, I had to conclude that the, the true essence of who I am is spiritual rather than physical. So I believe that I'm a spirit and that I have a man. I'm not a man, but I'm in possession of a man. And I, I had to conclude that because when, when the man dies, my spirit continues. And my spirit continues to exist and to you know, do other things. And you know, I believe it can come back and, and possess another man later on to have other experiences. And so to view myself from the point of view of the man is very short-sighted and very limiting. Um, so now that I view myself as a spirit, in possession of a man, now all of a sudden my fear of death is very, very different. And so because my fear of death has shifted, now I'm more comfortable in, you know, trying some new things and and taking some risks that I wouldn't normally do if I was coming from the point of view of being mortal. Because being mortal is very finite, and, and when the body dies, that's the end. And I don't believe that's the end. Um, I believe my spirit moves on. So, so now I make decisions and I do things from my spiritual point of view, which completely changes a lot of the decision-making process that I go through. Yeah, that, um, that makes a lot of sense. It makes uh, that makes total sense. I think. Well, uh, people, I'll keep going. Sorry. People are, you know, afraid of doing things, or you know, fear, you know, paralyzes them. And so, how can we address the fear? Because it's fear that people like that wear the mask of governments and corporations take advantage of in order to control and manipulate. So, how can we address the fear? Well, if we recognize that the fear doesn't actually exist to begin with, and that it's just our own reaction to events that are happening around us, and if we confront it, then we'll find that the fear goes away. Um, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that that's something I'm working on personally. Is like. Feel like I've I've gotten my emotional intelligence to a certain extent, but I think like my my spirituality I think is uh or like just having like a philosophy 
that I'm I'm going to stick with and live by. And I think that's like, do you think that's that's a big part of because um, I heard I heard Ben say that in an interview, like you need to pick a philosophy and live by it. And do you think that's like that? That's a big part for the journey. That's huge. Um, I, I call it my law form. Okay, what am I? What what standard am I going to hold myself to during this lifetime? And if I don't pick a standard, then the the you know by default I'm going to use the de- I'm going to fall into the jurisdiction of the default standard, and that is the state. Okay, the state is the default. And just, um, you know, just like anything else, we are capable of way more than the default. Even in our physical body, um, you know, before I did any martial arts training, you know, my body could perform at a certain level. However, I needed to um, participate in a higher level of training to deprogram the basics, uh, the basic programming of my body so that I can then train it to perform at a much, much higher level. And that perform that training requires a lot of work and exercise and um, mental discipline and, um, you know, an instructor that uh, has faith and knows that I'm capable of doing way more than I think that I'm capable of doing. Because my own mind is uh, limiting what I can and cannot do. Not my body. My mind limits me. So I needed somebody to challenge, confront me, and show me that my body can do more so that I can start breaking down some of those old belief structures and establish new levels of performance. And I, I see that being no different than our relationship with the state. And in order to do that, requires that I up the standard in regards to how I'm going to live my life. And so that standard is my new law form. And I need that law form so that I can hold myself to account for all the things that I say and do based on that law form. And the law form I chose was to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and to love my neighbor as myself. Now, in order for me to love God or love my neighbor, I needed to love myself first. And some people may view that as being uh, selfish, but in actual fact, how can I love anybody else if I don't love myself? I can't. So I needed to focus on uh, loving myself and um, appreciating the things that I can do and uh, my talents and abilities so that I then can then express that to other people. And in order to do that required that I be free so that I'm not burdened by, you know, running the hamster wheel on a nine to five job because I've, we've done that and we've expressed our love by growing up and being responsible, accountable adults. Now I have time to then spend with other people like yourselves, um, you know, helping you with your journey. I couldn't have this conversation if I was in a nine to five job. I'd be working right now. And so I I have time now to spend with other people. And so I use that time then to, um, you know, pass that love on to others. 
And I couldn't do that if I didn't hold myself to that higher standard and uh, that law form that helps me attain that higher level of excellence. That's powerful. Um, yeah, that's, that's super powerful. Um, what, like on a, not to, to, to get like kind of off subject, but how much time in a day does it really take for, cause I, so your greenhouse is all built now. Um, is that correct? Uh, well, the greenhouse is built. There's still lots of work to it, but um, just kind of give you an idea. Like when we first started, it takes a lot of work to get to a point where you're completely independent. You know, let's face it. You know, lots of people came out and helped us out, uh, donated materials, donated time to help us become independent. And um, the community that I've built around myself, uh, even though they recognize that, you know, they're still dependent on the system, they recognize the work that we're doing and they're more than willing to uh, support us in that. But the truth is there's always work around here to do. You know, they're, you know, just like on a movie I just watched, um, you know, work on a ranch is never done. But it's not the fact that, you know, we're looking at, you know, hitting a certain goal. It's how we're going to go through all of this, you know, living day to day and recognizing that there's always going to be work. And so what we've done is, we, you know, we just live this way and it doesn't matter if the work isn't done or any of that kind of stuff. We just do what we need to do and love doing it. And so, you know, this greenhouse, it's taken us a year and a half to get it to where it's at. And, um, you know, our goal with the greenhouse is to be able to prove that we can grow food all year round in northern Alberta. And so it's built like an airship, passive solar heated. It's a greenhouse inside of a greenhouse. So that inside greenhouse is going to be the space that we're going to keep warm all winter long so that we can grow fish and, you know, shady uh, tight plants like lettuce and you know wheatgrass and that sort of thing so that we can have fresh greens fresh food uh, in the middle of the winter time um, but is the greenhouse done no and it may not be done for months more you know it takes time right and um, but that's okay you know um, you know when when we feel like working on it some more then we will uh, we just kind of go with the flow. Um, part of our lifestyle is to learn how to live within the cycles of nature. Um, nature doesn't have rigid schedules like our commercial um, jobs do where, you know, you wake up in the morning and, you know, shower, get dressed, commute, go to work, come home, you know, have some supper, sit in front of the TV for a couple hours, go to bed. That's not how we live. Um, we recognize that to be to to honor the physical aspect of our being was to allow it to ebb and flow with the natural cycles of nature and so you know we're cognizant of the weather and you know where we are in the year and that sort of thing so um, you know winter is all about rest so we don't do a lot of work in the winter time um, that's when I do a lot of my writing and um, a lot of research and that sort of thing Springtime is all about growth, uh, or pardon me, uh, birth. So we're hatching chicks and we're planting gardens and 
you know, cleaning up after winter and, you know, those kind of activities. Summer is all about growth. So, um, you know, that's when we, you know, build more fences or build another building. Like two summers ago, we built a house for my mother-in-law. Uh, she's living out here with us now. Um, you know, those kind of things we do in the summertime. In the fall, it's all about harvesting. So, you know, we bring the garden in. We're, you know, slaughtering chickens or, you know, canning or freezing. You know, we're doing everything we can to store up for winters so that we can rest. Um, but, you know, we can't do that in the commercial fictional system because it's so mechanical. And, you know, it's built that way because people expect instant gratification. They want to go to their grocery stores and get fresh tomatoes. Well, of course, the commercial industry is going to respond by using chemicals and whatever it can to provide what people want. And we're so unplugged from the natural cycles of nature um, that uh, we don't know how to live in those cycles and letting go of some of those expectations. So to talk about you know, what we do out here, it depends, you know, it depends what time of year it is. It depends uh, what the weather's like. Uh, like if it's sunny out, you know, that's when I have power to run the washing machine so we can do laundry or to run compressors and saws. If it's cloudy out, then we'll find something else to do because, you know, power's limited. Um, you know, it all depends. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, because you have, do you have four kids? How many children do you have, Rob? I got two boys. Two boys? Uh, youngest will be 17 here in a few months, and the oldest is 19. Okay. Now, like, as a family, like, has this whole experience brought you guys <clears throat> Sorry. Sound like I'm a teenager there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the time of the year I get a bunch of science pressure. But anyways, has it, like, has it brought you guys closer together as a family, like, doing these, like, um, just doing the work together, like has you has it has it been like kind of like really healing and strengthening as like a family? Yeah, um, like when I was younger or when the kids were younger, you know, I was working the nine to five job, and and to be honest, I hardly had any relationship with them because I was gone all the time. Um, but over the last six seven years, uh, we've been homeschooling our kids. Um, when, when we moved out here, they were directly involved. They helped build the earthship. They helped build the greenhouses. They helped look after the animals. Like they're learning a lot about, uh, trades, um, carpentry, construction, uh, animal husbandry, um, medicine, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and we're around one another 24 hours a day. So I spend a lot of time with my kids, a lot of time. Um, you know, they still have their interest in computers and computer games and all that kind of stuff too. But, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I missed out with my depression on a lot of my kids when they were very, very little. So, you know, having them participate in everything we're doing out here has been a huge boon for my relationship with them. Because in the end, I believe the biggest gift we can give anybody is the gift of time. And I know that, you know, I'll never have um, my time with my kids when they're little back. So the more time I can spend with them, uh, the better. 
and um, you know we work really hard to teach them how to express themselves and how to work out disputes and work on their relationships and that sort of thing and we've given them a lot of latitude in regards to what they learn and what they're interested in and, and that kind of thing um, I believe that my job was to teach them how to learn their job is to learn is to teach themselves what they're interested in and because they have the ability to do their own research and figure things out for themselves and they can teach themselves pretty much anything they want or at least be able to figure out where they can go to to, to get that knowledge so that's been pretty much the gist behind the homeschooling and the time that we spend with our kids and as a result you know they want to they want to be here and they want to spend time here and um, you know my goal with establishing the domain out here is, is a recognition that it's not mine never was I view myself as a steward um, it doesn't belong to me it belongs to the creator but my job is to build out here so that I can establish all of this for my kids and if they want to stay here and take advantage of all that work and they can demonstrate to me that they will be a proper steward then it's theirs it's not mine and so they can then take advantage of all the work that I put into this to then launch their family on a solid foundation that I never had when I was a kid or even as an adult and I don't think most people have that kind of advantage um, because most of the kids when they grow up they leave the home and they have to get mortgages and all that kind of stuff which puts them way into debt for the vast majority of their life and by the time they get out from all of that um, they don't want to give it to their kids because they work their asses off so they sell it to their kids and they put their kids back in the same cycle and I want to break the cycle so I'm not selling what we built out here it's being gifted to them when they can demonstrate that they're going to be proper stewards that's awesome. Um, I had a question um, about, sorry to jump around. Um, I had a question about, uh, you said the fish in the greenhouse. Like, have you, I've, I've kind of been looking into urban farming. Another friend of mine, um, he actually just kind of made that leap and quit his job. And I haven't really caught up with him. But, uh, like, he, he was telling me about hydroponics and everything. Have you looked into that? Yeah, we looked into hydroponics, we looked into aquaponics. Um, for me, I want to honor the spirit of the animals and the plants and the water, because I believe all matter is formed from spirit. And so to, to use hydroponics is not honoring the spirit of the plant. Because the plant still has certain requirements in order for it to grow healthy and hardy and and to perform stronger and and better than the default that nature would provide and I believe we can do that through soil and so you know I'm going to have fish in there and we're going to use the water from the fish to water the plants but it'll be through a soil bed not a purely water uh, pipe that uh, the plants would have to then absorb the nutrients straight out of the water. I want the plants to work. I want them to work for the water. I want them to work for the nutrients because that builds a stronger, healthier, more energetically balanced plant, which is, I believe is more healthy for our body 
our physical body as well as our spiritual body. Yeah, sorry, I meant I meant aquaponics, but yeah, that um that makes sense. Uh, I really uh it that makes it makes sense. Um, so when do uh, when do you think your book's gonna be coming out, Rob? Well, I actually just start finished. I just finished writing it. Uh, we're starting the ed, um, the editing process. Uh, the goal is to have the book out in print uh, by this fall. Um, I will have a paperback as well as an ebook version, so people can get both. Um, I have a fundraising campaign right now because it will cost money to get uh, the first run printed. So if people want to uh, donate to my uh, book uh, campaign, uh, they can do so. Um, I can uh, give you the address to that if you want. Um, it's yes, uh, www.gofundme.com slash 2OZ6CC is the link. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page that has links to the fundraising campaign. It's uh, facebook.com slash conscious self-governance. And, um, you know, I have well over 2,200 people who liked the page. And that's where I post all kinds of things about conscious self-governance, um, my uh, book campaign, um, my musings about current events and, and how to view these events from a self-governance point of view rather than just getting caught up in the dogma of mainstream media or, you know, I challenge people on on their impressions and interpretations of what's going on and, and trying to view things from a completely different point of view. Yeah, I'm, I've I've uh, I follow I've been following that for a little bit. I need to I need to look at your page more, honestly. Um, I always just enjoy like hearing what you have to say and and it seems to really resonate with me. Um, is there anything else you want to promote or anything like that, Rob? Looks like we're yeah. right about an hour, and uh, so yeah, just my just my website uh, www.consciousselfgovernance.ca. Um, you know, and there 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 are things that we're doing. Um, you know, I have newsletters. I'm actually writing working on the newsletter right now. Um, you can get a free copy of the newsletter off the website. Um, you know, I have apprenticeship apprenticeship programs where people can come out and, and spend, you know, a couple of weeks out here just immersing themselves in our lifestyle and, and, you know, conversations and family dynamics and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're out here for a couple of weeks, I'll give you a lifetime membership to the private side of the website as well. So you can start learning the technical aspects of how to unwind yourself from the, um, from the grids. And I say that uh, more from government and corporate grids kind of thing. But um, so, you know, besides that and, and the private memberships, um, you know, the private membership side has two workshops recorded on there. Um, one of the workshops I call the uh, Journey Towards Truth uh, that I recorded back in 2010. It's a full weekend workshop. It's all online on the website. I also have one recorded called um, The Art of Freedom, uh, which I just recorded just recently. Um, it's uh, two and a half days. 
And I also have nearly 40 classes uh, recorded. Um, I was holding classes on a regular basis and recording them. So, you know, I talk about anything ranging from earthships to how to deal with debt collectors to, you know, you name it, it's pretty much in there. So um, that's all on the private membership side. So if people are interested in that, then they can sign up for that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for your time. Um, I really appreciate you uh, giving me an hour of your time to uh, educate me and talk to me and my listeners. Um, so, uh, guys, please go and support Rob. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post out links and I'm gonna include everything in the um, description of the podcast as well, Rob. Perfect. So. Um, yeah, so I'll get I'll get you some spellings of all the uh, links and that kind of stuff, so you have the correct uh, URLs and stuff. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, thanks again, Rob, and uh, guys, tune into another episode here soon. The created cannot be greater than the creator. Whether you believe in God or Allah or Mother Earth or whatever, uh, that's your creator. I believe in God. God's my creator. And even right in the Bible, um, Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. Well, since man was created in the image of the divine king, delegated sovereignty or kingship was bestowed on him. Okay? So I believe that the creator created each and every one of us as kings and queens. Okay? That means there's absolutely nobody between me and my creator. Okay? If I have somebody in between, then I have more than one master. Masters could be the pursuit of money. Uh, money would be a, one master that I used to bow to. I would do anything for money. Um, other people. Um, I used to submit myself to other people's authority without even question. Um, whether that be you know, a teacher or politician or police or whatever um, does that mean I don't respect them no um, I honor them for who they are and what they're doing and the path and the journey that they're on but does that mean I have to bow to them as a master no anything one fears could be construed as a master but that also means that our creations are our servants, okay? We created government, we created the corporations, we created all the bylaws and legislation, okay? They're there to serve us. Um, we're not completely out of it yet. We still have dependencies on, you know, our internet connections and our phone bills because we still want to communicate with people. But for the most part, I've been able to unwind myself from the vast majority of all of those uh, requirements that most people have 
years ago I was very materialistic. I was, you know, working hard for, you know, big houses, big cars, lots of money, that kind of stuff. And then when I recovered from my depression, I realized that life is all about my relationships. Relationships with individuals like yourself, other my friends and family, um, but also with relationships with my food or my environment. Um, sometimes I still struggle with that. Um, you know, this is a journey. It's not something that's, you know, open a door, walk through, you're, you're changed, man. And, you know, this is something I'll probably have to struggle with the rest of my life. Every once in a while I stumble, but I, I see it for what it is and forgive myself and just move on. And that whole entire process was a lot of hard work. Like it was extremely painful, took a lot of energy, but I'm at a point right now where if I had to do it again, I would, because I learned so much about myself. And it positioned me very well to actually get together again with my wife. We were separated for three years. Uh, we reconciled the marriage and, um, you know, we've been going strong now for almost 10 years. I believe the solution's available for anybody, whether you live in a you know democratic society or under a dictatorship or whatever. I believe the solution's simple, and I believe the solution is within ourselves. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation born in this century, tempered by war, disciplined by a hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed and to which we are committed today at home and around the world. I had to be willing to accept what other people had to say, uh, do critical thinking to evaluate whether it's true or not. Um, I had to learn. I had to learn how to change. Um, I had to face my fear and confront my fear. Um, I had to be honest with myself, which was difficult. I had to learn how to let go. Um, and I had to learn to stand up for what I believe. And I had to learn that it all took hard work to get through all that.